Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Halloween edition of Cult Following, local podcast brought to you by the fine folks who also stage cult classics AZ every month in Tempe, Arizona. Check us out on November 14th for Total Recall. Open your mind to get your ass to Tempe. But I'm one of your three hosts for this edition. I am Victor Marino along with Adam Kowski. And uh, Kirby Nelson. No, no uh, burp, burpulence for me. Uh, so this edition, which I believe, what are we on now? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yes. This is the Michael Jordan of podcasts. Exactly. Washington Wizards for life. No. Um, so we're going to be talking about the spectacular world of horror. Horror. As if I'm from the East Coast. Horror. All, all I can think of is the uh, uh, Sopranos one with the one, the girl that the guy kills, and he's like, she was the whore, Tony. She was the whore. I just remember years of watching uh, World Wrestling Federation as a child and hearing Vince McMahon talk about Terra. This know, is true. Connecticut. What do you call people from Connecticut? I have no idea. Wasn't that the, the whole point of uh, Connecticutions? <laughs> Somebody will post it in the comments. Yes. Wasn't that the whole point of the Hunter Hearst Helmsley was game back at all? Like, the original Triple H was like yeah. the Con- Connecticut blue blood. Yes. Yes. Kentuckians. Maybe it's Connecticut Kentuckians. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so horrific. Before we get to our discussion of horror. We're going to talk about what we've been up to for the last week or so in our... It's been a couple weeks. Sleeping in. Personal journeys. Personal journeys. I'm going to go sleeping in. Yeah. Uh, I actually missed the uh, podcast last week because I literally completely... Or not last week, a couple of days ago because I completely fell asleep, so... Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a non-caffeinated individual, so when it's time to go to sleep, it's time to go to sleep. So that was just a little too early. So yeah. my gracious co-hosts are, are allowing me here a makeup session here. Yes, I am a caffeine lover. I, I'm well aware, but I love. I've learned to uh, regulate it better. I used to drink like two pots of coffee. Oh my god! And then I would wonder, like, why I'd I'd be so jittery and wired, and why I couldn't sleep. So, well, actually, I think it was like when, like, when Anne and I were seeing each other, and how she's really sensitive to um, caffeine and and different stimulants. That um, she always cut off, like having you know, like a, a cherry Pepsi or something at like six was the very latest, unless she was going to go somewhere that night. Then she could have some a little later. I'm like, you know, why haven't I ever kind of like dialed in, you know, mm. and regulate my caffeine? I try to now. I mean, I remember like years ago, I was one of those people who could drink like a two liter of soda a day because yeah. I never got into drinking coffee, you know. But then like now I'll have like a soda like maybe every other day or so or if I'm out and lemonade isn't an option. Right. You know. Um, Get your bottomless Sprite. No, well, I mean, we had Sprite yesterday. Um, 
today, today I just I had lunch at In and Out, so I got a Diet Coke. But usually I like to drink water or like cranberry juice. You know, we're being a little more casual, guys. You know, forget. <laughs> I'm not a Red Bull guy. I've seen pe- people at conventions who'll drink like six packs of that shit, and I'm like, I, how are you not dead? Oh no, I'll do the Red Bull. How are you not? Doesn't that? I mean, I have no, I like one, and I feel like I'm gonna die. Oh yeah, no, I only do it in case of an emergency. Yeah, I've had an emergency like, Red Bull for like a year in my fridge. Usually, like before I go to work, like I'll have one. I see it like under like glass or something. Oh, yeah, it's right. like a Popeye spinach huh? explosion kind Seriously. of thing. Seriously, yeah. but no, I uh, and because I don't drink it often enough, it ha- I, it'll have like that. Uh, uh, intense rush, yeah. With it, like it will get me going. Mm-hmm. It's like if I lay off soda for a real long time, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, oh a Mountain Dew's gonna make me jump off the walls, kind of thing. See, I still do sugar and stuff. I don't. I haven't drank soda in like over a year, and then I don't. Um, I haven't done caffeine in almost twenty. So it's wow. been. I so like a lot of people are like, God, you seem really tired sometimes, and I'm like, well, because. It's a la natural for I'm, me because I'm tired because I'm actually <laughs> yeah. tired. Like, but I mean, I also can you know go and go and go. I mean, and I especially like traveling. I've been up twenty, thirty, forty hours in a row, but um, in my life. But I mean, my other thing too is I just switch from a um graveyard shift to a, a full time day job now. So it's it's been a little different, but. The uh, yeah, I I've never known, especially being out on like tours. Another one with people chugging, kind of like Victor said, like seeing somebody do like five or six Red Bulls or Monsters. It's like yeah, no, I no. I don't even know how your body can take that, but yeah. When I can't do those little um energy shots, those what those oh, give me give me like the energy, yeah, the palpitations or whatever you want to call it, really bad. Good stuff. <sighs> But yeah. uh, so you know, since I started, I guess I'll I'll start like uh, I just mentioned the whole WWF thing yesterday. Uh, oh, hey, you went to SmackDown? Yeah, me, yeah. Ruby, Jasper, and Carrot went to uh, SmackDown. Didn't even invite me, son of a bitch. I again. would have invited you on Monday. Oh, <laughs> oh I hate you. Oh. Yeah, I've been trying to get. I've been trying to go to an event for a long time, and I keep. Keep forgetting and stuff like that. Yeah, but. the thing is, like, they had a big pay per view on Sunday, so I yeah, went to yeah, buy tickets. The hell in the cell. I went to yeah. buy tickets on Monday, and when I got down to the box office, they're like, "We have thirty tickets left." I believe it. You know, and then like I was like, "Well, I need you know some together." It's like we only have four together. Everything else is like eleven seats apart. So it's like Victor, Victor, and I's other life goal is to get to in twenty fifteen or early twenty sixteen is to get to a monster truck show. Oh yeah, I want really wanted to go to a monster truck rally last year. Yeah, we're gonna try to do that soon. I so think, how was how was the smack? So what I'll say is next time I do this because uh, I I was gonna get them earlier and they were much cheaper and they ended up being like sixty dollars a ticket. So next time I'm just pulling the trigger and getting ringside because. It, it's just like Damn. ridiculous, like how expensive those tickets. So were you nosebleeds? No, they were still pretty good seats, oh, but it okay. was like mid, like mid level. You know, it was kind of like you know we could still see everything pretty good. But uh, the cool thing about it ended up being that it, it's they tape it ahead of time, so this was like the one that's going to be uh, on Halloween. So oh. they had a special set that was all like Halloween. It had like spider webs and like dark clouds and trees, and they had like jack o' lanterns everywhere. 
Um, it was pretty. That was pretty neat. Um, I think the better, ma- better production values than Halloween Havoc, though. Yeah, mm, uh, I would uh, on par. No, I would say actually probably better. That's good. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I, I thought the screen was pretty cool because it was like this whole elaborate video wall. The main thing of note that happened was they were uh, taping like main event, which is like a B show, and um, Rusev tore, which is like, the Russian wrestler they have, tore his bicep during the match. So they had to have a medical stop, which I've never seen happen even on a pay-per-view before. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it was. he got really pissed off. Like, they had the doctors and everything, and they're like, this is a medical, you know, injury. <laughs> and it's no, it never happens. They usually keep it going, and they just stop the match. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. Like, uh, I went in, like, cosplay as Bray Wyatt, who's kind of like the uh, – backyard or you know backwoods undertaker guy yeah and uh, he was in the main event and like i had a, i have a pretty convincing costume now i even got a wig and i swear to god i think i took like 30 photos with kids and stuff their <laughs> parents kept stopping me every like couple of feet like oh can you can I get a picture it was really funny i imagine that's kind of what the comic book convention yeah. or like horror cons you see people yeah well i just got back into wrestling in the last like couple years and I, I you know wasn't familiar with the newer stuff and the first time I saw Victor's his Wyatt costume he's talking about his Bray Wyatt one, I was like I just thought you were dressed really poorly. <laughs> Well, it's because the like guy... Like it was laundry day or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's a funny little outfit. But yeah, it but was... But you do pull it off well, I'll give you that. Yeah, but I mean, those things, I mean, even if you're not into wrestling, I recommend checking out a live event if you go, like, because it was cool because, like, the Dudley boys were there and they have pyro when they goes, I swear to God, you think that shit's going off right near you because those uh, explosions are so loud. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's, it's kind of like, the closest thing I can describe it to you is, like, if you go to a circus... Like Circus Vargas or Ringling Brothers or something, mm-hmm. it's kind of like going to that. You know, you see people doing acrobatics. Everyone's really into it. Mm-hmm. You know, no, so I saw like, pictures. I saw videos from. I mean, not only from you and Ruby, but from other friends that went, mm-hmm. and it did. It just looked like a lot of fun. I saw there was something where like everyone was holding up their phones. Or yeah. Something. So basically, what happens is his the, the Bray Wyatt his entrance like he comes out carrying like a uh, like an old school like lantern. Mm-hmm. And they block out all the light in the arena, so everybody turns their lights on their phone on, so that it looks like there's like fireflies all over. Uh, yeah, it's really neat seeing that in person. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to the good old Bic lighter? Yeah, basically, it's the, it's that is that's what they're going. You need, to, you need to vape, bro. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. But it was kind of cool. Like I said, they they had like a like a. I didn't even say that. Like, as, I wasn't tarred enough to actually say that properly. I at the apologize. end of at the end of the night, like all the wrestlers came out, and they were like smashing all the pumpkins, and everyone was like hooting and everything. It was kind of fun, you know. But uh, and then in terms of movies, I think you and I both saw Bone Tomahawk. Yes. Yeah, which you know, I think on paper looked really cool. Like, you know, it's the Kurt Russell Western that isn't uh, Hateful Eight. Well, it was the, I think it was the, the seed of the idea of the person who made it. And then they just, like, filled in the rest. Yeah. Um, it has a good cast. It has an, a fantastic cast. Yeah. It just um, it just needed some sort of drive to it. I think the the kind of the little MacGuffins or foils that they put in some of the characters 
to try and make them interesting weren't I feel interesting if anything enough. that makes it like I feel like the first half of that movie feels like it wants to be like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. And then the second half is where it turns into like an Eli Roth insensitive kind of thing. Sure. And you know, and, and you have Eli to Eli Roth insensitive. Are, That's great. Basically, like the gist of the movie is uh Oh no, I, I, I got I got the plot, but yeah, I mean, definitely let people know who Yeah, I, who the I'm gist aware. of the movie is like uh Kurt Russell and uh Richard Jenkins, you know, the dad from Six Feet Under, and he mm-hmm. was also in Let Me In, you know, the little girl's caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um they're both like deputies, and then Matthew Fox is kind of like what do you call him? He's kind of like a dandy. He did remind me of someone. I'm trying to think of. He reminded me of. He was the husband in Deadwood, of of uh, Molly the the uh, character. But he kind of reminded me of him. Okay. The first season of Deadwood before I think he died. Yeah. Violently. Yeah, so Matthew before Fox, the Pinkertons yeah. came he, in, and if you don't know, he's he was the main guy in uh in Lost yeah. Jack. Um, and, don't forget Party of Five, man. Uh, I totally forgot about that. You can't show. ever forget. And um and then Patrick Wilson plays like a character who has his leg broken at the beginning. Um, that's broken throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you meet him with his leg broken, and then his uh wife. Who's played by Lily Simmons? Who, if you've seen True Blood, you'll remember her because she's the one who wanted Woody Harrelson to fuck her in the ass. You remember? Never that? Never forget. Never forget. Um, basically, uh, she gets taken by these troglodytes. I guess that's that's the most PC term to call them. Sure. Um, which they go to pains to tell you are not Native Americans. In fact, the Native American tells you they're not Native Americans. And the rest of the movie, that while they're hunting them down, they keep calling them savages and every other non-PC term you would think. It's just like, me and Adam had talked about this, where it's like, I feel like the easiest solution would have been to put uh, one of the main leads, make them like Native or Hispanic or something. Yeah, like Young Guns. Yeah, just like the, the they needed a Lou Diamond Phillips and they wouldn't have had this like really weird issue. Kind of tiptoeing around. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just the way it is now. I mean, and that's, I, you know, when I read the original treatment for this, I was like, yeah, it's totally the, I mean, the Tarantino, not Hateful Eight and stuff. But my whole thing when I first read this was like the, um, the, uh, Blood Meridian, the Cormac McCarthy novel, which is uh, the guy who wrote The Road and No Country for Old Men. He has a book, I mean, definitely, I mean, arguably, like, for a guy who has a pretty dark career, is his darkest one, and it's kind of, you know, it's not, I mean, it's straightforward in the sense it's basically about, uh, yeah, going out, I mean, in no uh, simple terms, you know, or, or whatever, no non-PC terms, I mean, you know, we're going to go out and scalp some engines and they're going to do terrible things to us and stuff. I mean, it the most base thing, but that's, I mean, of course, like all of his other stories, that's not what it's about. But, I mean, there's no political correctness in it. There's no anything. And it's just such a uh, merciless, heart of darkness, apocalypse mm-hmm. now kind of story. But I got a feeling from this one, the only other thing it kind of reminded me of is that you were talking about that first, second act. And I haven't seen it yet. I, I do plan to watch it this weekend. But is um, you know, kind of, I don't know how many people actually got to see The Burrowers. 
but a couple no. years ago, it was kind of like a creature feature, but with an old west, but really dark. Um, kind of like not quite the same way as like a ravenous, but um, as a black comedy, but more as like. But when you talked about like the troglodytes or something like mm-hmm. a cannibal, Sonny Bean, or so, we were talking about on the way, or as we came in, um, Victor was talking about how um, he doesn't like uh, Samhain. Yeah. And I know the name, the Scottish cannibal family, the Bean family, um, that, you know, is very famous. It was the inspiration for the film uh, Raw Meat, uh, the old Donald Pleasance movie and stuff like that, and some other cannibal films and stuff. Because that's why I always get a feeling from this Bone Tomahawk thing. It was just kind of this, you know, regressive, you know. Yeah, that's like, kind of what they are. Like, they have, like, uh, pig tusks kind of through their skin, like very like old west modern primitive kind of thing, sort of going on with how they look. They're all yeah. covered, but then they're all covered in like um, white mud, like the like in Cannibal Holocaust. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's definitely an allusion Almost to that like, movie. Almost uh, like what do you call it? Um, Aboriginal. Yeah, it, no. but yeah. It, it, to me, it seems very much like a uh, uh, Cannibal Holocaust reference. I mean, I, like I'll, I'll say, like honestly, my my main fa- failing with that movie is just the the fact that like they made it a point to draw they're not Native Americans. So then the whole time you're more sen- just like either don't mention it at all or find a more a better way of dealing with mm-hmm. it because it did take me out of it. And that's not me being PC. It's kind of like I know you're afraid of offending somebody, but either just run with it or leave it alone. I didn't. It didn't even affect me yeah. either way, really. I thought they were. I really just thought they were trying to make it more maybe eerie or creepy, yeah. as opposed to taking like the easy way out because it's in old west. So you think you know the good guys, the classic good guys, bad guys are going to be you know the cowboys versus Indians. Yeah. Okay. So I they could say see like because they were having problems with the Native Americans already. They kind of established that. Yeah. You know, so once they they got their uh, uh, their their issue with yeah. you know the, the woman getting kidnapped and all that stuff. I will. I think me and Adam kind of also agree. The bit a big problem with this movie is also the length. It oh. it, it drags a lot. It's a it's it's two hours and twelve minutes long. Is it that long? Yeah, it's one hundred and thirty two minutes long. And and like it it I was telling you like man, I phased out. I like there's parts of me I'm like what happened because like. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's very talky. Like the second half, it's good. I just I feel like it needs better editing or something. Yeah. You know, I won't say it's it's not worth watching. You know, but I will say like I thought Kurt Russell was really good in it. I thought Patrick Wilson was really good. The only part, the main parts that made me flinch were every time he fell on that leg, man. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty nasty. Yeah, like the sound editing is top notch. Every time he falls on that leg, you're like, oh my god, stop. But that's, but that's what's I mean, really like gets to people in movies is when you can see something or more importantly like like you said hear something yeah when it really hits home like stuff that can happen i mean i've never seen a movie where it wasn't like i mean i remember seeing the rob zombies halloween 2 and i'm not gonna go into discussion about the movie but the beginning no spoiler is scout taylor compton the laurie strode character uh-huh. if you've never seen it and you probably shouldn't because it's terrible but the probably the best scene in the whole movie is the intro of her in the hospital and it's all realistic it's basic i think i mentioned this before at one time 
on one of our episodes, but I mean, it's like, it's essentially like her just getting like surgically repaired. Yeah. And people were just like, oh God, like, you know, because you're watching Bones being, I mean, she yeah. has, you know, uh, you know, numerous like fractures and stuff like that. It's and like, it, it's what, the weirdest thing about that movie, it's like the highest budgeted Rob Zombie movie. Of anyone he's done. It surely doesn't look like it. No, I mean, there's parts where you can see it, like, where he's having, like, the visions the of, dream, like... Yeah, and then there's, like, all the pumpkin people and everything. I think that stuff looks pretty cool. Well, he just put out the new foes for his new one, the 31. Uh-huh. On how, uh, the last couple of days, and it's it looks like another kind of Lords of Salem, but with a little bit more House of Thousand Corps kind of feel. I don't know. I, kinda, I like Lords of Salem. I don't I really love it know visually. why. Yeah. It's such a beautiful film. The story's mm-hmm. garbage, but... I mean, the story's not garbage. It's just not... It's the, the most thing. basic story. He it, picked a good cast, that with the exception of his wife, of course. But I mean, everything well, else. I, the cast. I thought good. all all she really has to do is cry. Fair enough. You know, she he, he picked a role for her that was kind of like usually does. Isn't that like the stripper? Mm, stripper mom in Halloween. Yeah, heart of gold. I still think. Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to anyway. deviate too much, but, but yeah, I, I mean, was just so psyched on Kurt Russell. I, I honestly got to admit, because Grindhouse is one of my favorite movies of the last decade, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I honestly, I know he's just kind of done with Hollywood, with the business and stuff. I mean, he gave, gave a few interviews where he say he's just, he's going to do it that, you know, he's always done what he wants, but he's really, you know, he's basically... I think it was like post Poseidon. He's basically like I've just been blacklisted. Jeez. So and and he said, I mean, arguably it's a, some of his politics and stuff. But I also think he's just like you know he just doesn't deliver box office anymore. Well, I mean, the thing of it is, is he's just a really solid actor. I mean, I th- I still think he's the best part of Vanilla Sky. You know, a very underrated movie, even though. You know, Cameron Crowe is just doing a remake. He kind of does make it work. Like, I think Kurt Russell is really good in it, and so is uh, Tilda Swinton. I hate Vanilla Sky. But you don't think he's good in it? I don't even remember him in it. He's the therapist for uh, Tom Cruise's character. I I saw it once when it came out, and I said, this is a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. I but I, but I, but yet again, I don't, I really don't like Cameron Crowe to begin with. Oh, okay. So I already had like kind of a stigma against. It. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Kind of a bummer. Uh, oh, but to go on the tip, no, I'm just, you know what? The only other thing I saw, I've seen this week uh, is a uh, Supergirl. Oh, you watched it? Yes. What'd you think? Uh, I actually liked the tone a lot. It, yeah. uh, it's very much not in the mold of current comic book show. I mean, kind of like the Flash a little bit. Where it's kind of got like a happy hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I think it's a good uh, transition away from like, you know, everybody having to be so dour like we see in movies nowadays. Like right. the most depressed people ever are superheroes. You see somebody who's like, yeah, you know, and it has that. I'm, I'll be curious to see how they sustain that throughout. Yes, me too. You know, because I really enjoyed the pilot. I'm concerned about, you know, the, how they're going to play out the series. Yeah, like the whole thing with her sister, I thought was kind of obnoxious, but I guess that's to create some tension, right? And um, they have a character on there, uh, her the sister's boss, Hank Henshaw, who in the comics is the cyborg Superman. Oh, so I'm kind of curious to see if they'll go like that direction, mm-hmm. you know? 
And I noticed, like, on the wall of villains, one of them was the parasite. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it'll. I'm like, I'm excited just to see Superman villains being portrayed because I'm. I, I've said in the past, I'm tired of every Superman movie being Superman lifting something or <laughs> Superman fighting General Zod or Superman and Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, yeah. I, I I don't want any of those three anymore. The fact that I can actually see a villain in from from Superman can being portrayed accurately is mm-hmm. exciting to me. So I saw some funny a meme this week that was uh you know, all you self proclaimed Batman fans, name one villain that wasn't in the movies. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people really start I mean, because now it's a a decent cinematic world yeah. in different incarnations. But when you think about it, it's like, yeah, Unless you grew up on probably Batman the Animated Series, you probably couldn't, or were obviously into the comics, you couldn't name that many. Yeah. No, and that's, like, one of the reasons I, like, I hate Gotham so much. You know, it, like, does things from the comics, but it, like, does them wrong, and it's so campy and terrible. And then, like, when they have a character that doesn't work, they just make them into, like, an ersatz version of an established character. So I used used to watch Smallville. Uh I I got kind of sick of it maybe how many seasons do they have for that like seven 11. or eight or eleven oh my gosh I think around like four or five is when I started to tune out yeah. because they just kind of even though it was kind of like an alternative universe take on Superman like yeah because I think that's what the creator said they don't want to necessarily make another Superman show they want to they want to do the Clark Kent story from kind of a a different point of view so they they would have different liberties with it. Yeah. But once they got later in the seasons, it's like, it just got so ridiculous. It got really stupid, especially when they like kept going out of their way to introduce Superman villains, but didn't have the the budget to do it. Right. You know, so it was like, um, they did Dark Side one season, but they did Dark Side as like a, an entity that possessed people. So mm-hmm. every once in a while you'd see like red eyes or Omega symbols. I think they did General Zod like as a clone, you know. It was just sorry. I'm laughing more thinking like the dark side goes to hell, uh-huh. like the Jason goes to hell. We just go jump from body to body. Pretty <laughs> much, that's how they did it. It was kind, of, it which was... is a real cheap way to get, do it, but effective. Sometimes. But I mean, do you think that that's kind of what they're doing with Gotham? Well, the thing no, was, the, I the... think with Gotham, it's like. This is pretty much the only way they got to do a Batman show, and rather, and it sucks because they had a real good chance to do like, you know, something like procedural with like Jim Gordon because he's a really interesting character. If they'd done like Year One, like mm-hmm. it could have been Corruption, mm-hmm. and they could have had some older Batman villains. But then they got, but basically, I think the producer just kind of blew his load, and now like there's like they had like a uh, quasi Joker for the fir- for the first half of this season. There's a girl who's basically quasi Harley. Yeah, so I mean, that's where I'm saying, is it the fault of how uh, huge Smallville was and how Smallville basically created the whole tone of the CW network? Yeah, I, I to me, a big part of it is the fact that I think the producer, Bruno Heller is his name, just doesn't know what he's doing. Hmm. Or he just like really likes a campy version. Because to me, it's like, like Arrow is basically like quasi Batman on WB. Like you know he's fought like Rachel Ghoul. They have Lazarus Pits. They've had a lot of Batman villains on there like Deathstroke, the Terminator, mm-hmm. and they, that show's actually really watchable. 
it's real i like it i enjoy it a lot you know the flash is a spin off of it and like mm-hmm. that one and constantine and legends of tomorrow are all in the same universe so right. it's a lot richer and to me it's like gotham is kind of like i like one actor on that show but then there's like all this crap where it's like uh, they keep making campy nods to other things and it just kind of gets obnoxious. Like when you're watching a remake and they're just doing a scene from the earlier movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then why would you even remake it if the only draw is seeing a different version of a scene you already know? Some yeah. people, though, want that. I guess, I mean, to Adam's point, because it's true, but I mean, but the CW formula or imagery or whatever, or I mean, it's been the same since Dawson's Creek. I mean, you know, whatever, the WB, the CW, I mean, in the end, to me, it's all, you know, of the mold. I mean, I I totally agree that the Smallville series, it's kind of like how Buffy is another one that, you know, a lot of people have taken or a lot of shows have taken the inspiration or the template for. Yeah. I mean, Smallville, I watched the first couple of seasons. I own them all. I got them when they were, like, super cheap, Mm -hmm. probably, like, almost 10 years ago at a best buy or something like that sometime like that maybe five years ago but they were um it's a show where you know yeah you kind of get into it and stuff but all the limitations or shortcomings that you both have already mentioned i mean that's pretty much what killed it for me well i mean the funny thing to me is like i'll watch flash and last season they did a whole episode with gorilla grod and they had a fully cgi rendered gorilla grod you know, who's a giant talking gorilla. Mm-hmm. This last week's episode, they had King Shark, who is a basically a half shark, half man crime boss, and they did it all CGI. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is just like the producers are telling us, well, I don't think people can get it. it that whole thinking that they do in like Fantastic Four Part Two, it's like, no one's going to believe a giant 60 foot Galactus. He's going to be a swarm of. Matter. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, just do it the way people expect, and you'd be surprised what people will gravitate to. Yeah. You know, I don't read, you know, I didn't read comic books growing up for, like, you know, grounded realism. I wanted some kind of escapism. Speak, speaking of apocalypse. Um, <laughs> but, no, the uh, my whole thing in the end, I mean, uh, the one I will comment on, because I haven't watched most of them. I've watched a couple episodes of Gotham, and every time I see, uh, what do you call it, a... Uh, the penguin i'm like god holy little mickey um <laughs> pretty than, much right other than that like there's not much of the flash is i i agree with you is fun and i like that it's more upbeat um there's some good shows out there i mean i do think it's just interesting because dc has always been kind of the exception of batman maybe superman has kind of been the bastard you know for a long time now and hasn't gotten a great treatment cinema or um on television but the one i think that gotham for me and i've i know i brought this up before um i don't read a lot of the big two titles or variants or spinoffs but gotham central was a is a great comic basically that is what gotham the show should have been which is basically imagine yourself as part of gotham pd and you have all these mass vigilantes running around doing your job or making things worse and i mean dealing with the stress of that i mean uh, like a lot of them, i mean it's like even the more i don't know the very cartoonish villains like i do remember one of the ones with mr freeze i mean he's literally like freezing people and breaking them into pieces and shit 
and it's not done like a graphic or a gory way it's more dealt with like the trauma that the family deals with like the victims and all the people yeah it's not like oh it's hey it's just the body counts high and you know but hey that's what happens in gotham it's like this is terrible like i can't go on anymore and it, and instead it's like it's now this yeah yeah it's the way i view it no, and then I think my big problem with Gotham, instead of viewing, uh, you know, the series that way, it's closer to, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing where, like, the henchmen have frozen food, like, glued to their clothing. You know, mm. it's just campy. You know, that's not my thing. I don't know. It's personal. I don't, strokes Vin- I don't even think Vincent Price as the Eggman was that campy as, yeah. as it's gotten these days. What else are you, what are you been watching, Adam? catching up on green inferno i saw it i actually didn't think it was that bad uh and in comparison to bone tomahawk especially mm-hmm. i thought green inferno was more effective in keeping my interest from beginning to end the shortcomings of it i did not uh empathize with any of the characters i didn't care if they lived or they died um and I just couldn't relate to him at all. And then uh, the ending was one of the worst turnaround endings to that. It had a completely different tone from the rest of the movie. Possibly and then that little, the worst ending I've that seen. That little uh, 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 thing in during the credits where they did that thing. I was like, you have to be kidding me. With the, uh, All of a sudden, it turned into... targeting thing. It turned into like Resident Evil or something. You know? what? It's kind of like a yeah, Resident Evil you have, have you not seen it? No. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Just go and see it. it. The ending, like I said, is so awful. It's so bizarre. Uh, as I mentioned why I gave my original review, but the um, what it's trying to go for at the end... So, I, I, I didn't understand. No, it, yeah, doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. But that's good, though, that you saw it and can compare it to, like, a bone tomahawk. Because when he said the Eli Roth kind of thing at the end, that, I mean, it is. I mean, Eli Roth has created a real, it's his brand now. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I wasn't comparing it to, like. No, I didn't mean a little. But it's more like, you know, when you're watching, like, Hostel and at the end where everybody's just starting to die in horrible ways for no reason. No, we we understood. Mm Yeah. yeah, no, that's all I had to say about it. I actually, I actually, kind of enjoyed it. Uh, like it was, it was almost exactly how you, you know. I was hearing your voice as I was watching it because it was refreshing to see that on the big screen and then shot really well. I mean, the colors are beautiful. Um, you know, the tribe just looks absolutely gorgeous. You know, with the the body paints and all that stuff. I would say um, that, and uh, I, you know, it's obviously like, you know you're talking about like the bone tomahawk look, which I haven't seen yet. But I will say that's one thing I've really enjoyed, and I'm sure someone will say cultural appropriation or something. Mm. But um, same thing with Mad Max Fury Road. It's kind of like the rebirth of costume design mm-hmm. with having nothing. Sure. Like, yeah. you're basically naked, mm-hmm. and yet you can still, with just some body paint and some peripheral piercings or modifications you can make someone look otherworldly oh yeah absolutely. well i thought that when we were at cinema monster palooza there was somebody who was getting made up as a, a oh. war girl yeah right yeah, yeah and to me they were working on her all day i'm like what are they making her into because they did the car the bald cap and all the makeup and they were putting little apply and i realized they were doing a little 
like brandings on her mm-hmm. with the cogs on her chest and everything. And then like at the end, I was like, oh, she's a war boy. That's cool. You know? So, yeah, anyway. Uh, oh, uh, Salad Days came out on DVD. Anyone familiar with Salad Days? It's a punk rock documentary. The documentary right? on uh, Washington, D.C. punk. Discord. Yeah, all the Discord stuff for the for the most part. Uh, talking to Ian McKay, Mackay, however you say it. Whatever the, whatever the colloquial is. Um, your Samhain, your Samhain, you know, it's all it's all relative. Um I thought it was good. I, you know, that's that was a big time for me in my life, and I was a huge Minor Threat fan, and then later a Fugazi fan, um, and a little bit of everything in between that was coming out of DC because they were doing stuff that was really interesting, and then their whole approach to just so you know, like, do not pay more than five dollars for this record. You know, that was very resonant and that was very powerful uh, to a lot of the people who were trying to do the same type of thing um, in Minneapolis at that time. And uh, there were a lot of things I just didn't know, you know, certain politics or even how the inner struggles of the, the bands themselves or how the scene was changing at different times and the kind of the, you know, the grandfathers of the original scene not liking the direction of the new scenes and how they either distance themselves from it or tried to reinvent it in different ways as opposed to just kind of giving the middle finger to it then you know and just disappearing um but yeah so overall it was a, it was a great documentary especially if you know if you're kind of familiar with with uh, the discord scene back in the uh, 80s and 90s uh other than that, that's really the only thing I saw in the last couple of weeks. I did want to mention now that I have the podium. Uh, our friends, uh, a podcast that I listen to and then uh, later have been kind of commenting back and forth is called 30 Minutes Diabolical. Uh, and the Bad Cujo is one of the guys. He, he left some comments on uh, episode 22. Uh-huh. Kirby. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he said... I, you know what? I'm trying to remember what the what you were going into specifically, but he called you a free thinker. So I guess the way that your brain works and the way that you expel your ideas, it's uh, you know, I can I can agree with that. Well, thank you so much. Freemasons rule the country. Uh, he did. Me- I think when we were talking about cannibalism, he did mention um, ravenous. Because uh, I think we no. just we missed mentioning that we just mentioned that in like just you know a few seconds ago. Oh no no no! But, I mean, Ravenous, oh, I, I'm surprised if I didn't mention it because no, that, we didn't mention it the last oh, episode when you were talking. I think you were oh, talking about cannibal films. Um, with I, Green maybe we you did about, just mention Ravenous. No, I did. He's right. But if yeah. I didn't mention it before, yeah, that's a real real slip for me because that's a film I remember seeing because um, I managed a video store when it came out in '99. And that was like a dump title, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't know anything about it when I watched it. I was so blown away by how funny it was. Oh, it's great. How brilliant and how... When it still holds up today. It just is such a perfect film. It's, it's sad. It's one of the only ones that Shout Factor really screwed up. I don't think it was necessarily their fault, but they presented like they were going to have a real deluxe special edition, which the special features were good, but the uh, print looked terrible. Mm. 
So, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see the Scream Factor one. Well, I, they, they've gotten some flack for that a yeah, few times. It's, uh, if you want to get in, wade into controversial waters, um, a couple of the major players in the the scene, I mean, you know, some people are arguing, well, it's, eh, it's just the way it works because you're only given what the studio, unless you yeah. can find something from a private collection. But then by the same token, it's like, well, then you should be working a lot harder. Well, a lot of it, too, is uh, consumer. Like, f- basically, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's the whole idea that if you issue a movie on Blu-ray, it should be at least 2K or 1080p or higher. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of these movies, especially when they put out, like, uh, what was it, a slasher video or olive films, some of their movies... Um, well, the SOV stuff is yeah, it's, it's just it's shot like, on video stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray and uh, on the various groups online. People, are, I think they presented option like, do you want this as a DVD or as a Blu-ray? And the the thinking is, well, all my movies now are Blu-ray, so I want it on Blu-ray. And then there's the people who like, well, if the best it's going to be is 480p, just put it out on DVD so we can save money. At the same time. A lot of studios really don't feel that way. Like iZombie, just their first season came out only on DVD, not on Blu-ray. Hmm. You know, and there's a lot of movies like um, Plus One, which was an IFC Films release. It was from the guy who did the uh, Last House on the Left remake. Only came out on DVD, not Blu-ray. Even though you can watch the HD version on Netflix. Hmm. So it's and Shout Factory, a few they've gotten flack because a few of their releases are DVD quality, even though they're on Blu-ray. Yeah. And then they, I mean, they also get the same thing, which is a you know, it's a um, fickle world. I mean, anybody who doesn't know the uh, the world of Blu-ray and DVD, like collecting and of cinephiles, uh, I mean, it, it's. It, you know, I'm not an expert. No, when it comes I, I to audio visual until like a I few don't know years that ago. Much, I used to oh, as long as it's white, you know. And then there's a whole thing. It's like, well, what kind of presentation is this anamorphic, where it's going to fit to your screen, or you don't want to get something that's like was you know blown pan, up, yeah, pan and crop. And the thing is, a lot of people don't realize if you have a good DVD player, a DVD, your 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 player will upscale it, and if it's a good source, it doesn't matter. It'll look well, now as good like, as a cheap Blu-ray. Well, it's finally, too, at a point where, I mean, uh, HDMI cables are so cheap now, you can get the quality. Because, I mean, that was yeah. you know, composite AV cables back in the day. I mean, you had, you had serious limitations. kind of like gaming and stuff. It's the same way. Um, uh, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I, so, out of all of us, Adam is the major AV guy. He was just showing his beautiful new uh, the redefining home theater. Yeah. Uh, so, so a, a quick story: when I was working at a video store, all the a, a lot of the times you get the the older people who would come in. I remember specifically when uh, it was Apocalypse Now came out on VHS. And they had two different versions of it. It was the pan and scan and then the letterbox. And the letterboxing was like really like, I mean, it whatever ratio it was, was just way over the top. And 235. Unless you had like a, a 36 inch tube television, I mean, which is really the biggest tube TV you could get at the time. Yeah. Forget the, that rear projection crap because that always looked like shit. Yeah. Um, and I had a 36 inch. I mean, and still, it's you know, it it looked it looked great because you know the the tube televisions kind of um, 
made up for the the low quality of the, that VHS was kind of churning out, especially when you watch it over and over again. Uh, but yeah, you get the 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 older people that would come in and they would rent it, and they they would argue endlessly, what is the purpose of having those black bars? Like I can't see the entire screen. And you'd try to explain it to them, and it just it would just go in one ear and right out the other. It's it it was always very troubling for me. And I kept saying that, oh, I can't wait until, you know, this new format, this DVD format is going to take everything over. And, and hopefully they just stay away from, you know, four by three and, and pan and scan. Well, and, and that was that the stuff. big problem early laser on. laser discs is what it was. I think. Like Warner Brothers, when they first started doing DVDs, um, because some filmmakers didn't shoot for scope, mm-hmm. you know, um, the big one I remember this specifically was Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Mm-hmm. The way Warner Brothers did the uh, widescreen is they blew up the pan and scan and just chopped off the top oh and my bottom. Gosh. They ended up getting a class action lawsuit where you could return the DVDs and get your <laughs> money back. But I had it. And it's weird because the way I noticed it happened is because, and this is really cheesy but true, the very beginning of Terminator 3 when Kristana Loken like, arrives in the, in the present, right? You know, she's totally nude and she's walking towards the screen and they make a big deal of showing her breasts when she's walking up to this girl to take her red jumpsuit mm-hmm. on the one in the DVD. I remember we were watching this. I'm like, she can't see her naked. What, <laughs> you know, it's like, she's, it was very strange. And then people like, I, I remember years later or going online and that was how everybody figured out that it was chopped. Cause it's like, yeah, on the, on, on the four by three, you see everything on the, on the widescreen, they chop off the top and bottom of the screen. Oh, Some bitch going to have to watch blood rain. Again. <laughs> but yeah, and then there's weird, but see, see, my whole thing is you should try to get the, ver- the media version. That's the most true to like the movie. It's like, um, I, if I found a first run of like, um, the devil's advocate i would totally buy it because uh every d every blu-ray and dvd after the first run they they got sued by the artist who did that 3d bass relief thing so basically every version you see the movie is wrong now yeah because you see that weird sculpture at the beginning of the movie in his office and then later on it starts to come to life when he reveals he's the devil so it's part of a big reveal and you don't get that anymore right well, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky. One of my best friends over the last 20 years, I mean, is like one of those guys who's the king of like AV and stuff and the real, the true blue cinephile, former projectionist and all that kind of stuff. And he, he knows his business. He's taught me a lot uh, of lessons and stuff. Some, of course, I mean, it wasn't as important to me. I, I you know, but uh, the one lesson like I learned, like I actually worked with him at a video store you know got in like the mid 90s and we um the first one i ever worked at and the way we explained widescreen versus pan scan was we had a picture like a kind of like well it was kind of you know like a bro like a large eight and a half by 11 brochure and the center was just the square four by three full frame of jaws mm-hmm. at jaws in the water and when you opened it is when you saw the full <laughs> panoramic of the boat and you know it was like you know, such a difference. Like people literally understood then. So that, would, that was something. Probably, that you're losing all this visual information, lose. and it's like obviously, you know, Criterion saved. You know, I mean, it really helped define things. I grew up in Seattle. We had Scarecrow Video, 
we had silver pliers we had a lot of like laser disc um and my buddy Brent, he was a, a big laser disc guy still is and there's still tiles obviously like on ld that it's the only way you can see the film as it was meant to be um or versions and stuff i mean you know he kind of brought up devil's advocate my favorite film is the exorcist the original warner brothers keep case if anybody early dvd collectors remember the old terrible keep cases that's the only are those those cardboard ones yeah yeah cardboard where if you took off the security device sticker just rip half the cover off yeah well that's the only way you can hear the original soundtrack the original like sound effects of exodus freaking changed them on all the rest and um and not just the version you've never seen i mean all of them it's the only way it's the closest you'll ever see the original theatrical exhibition so it's you know it's it can be a really big deal uh you know but for me it's you know uh, yeah it's it's kind of like it's just the way you want to see it but i mean there's there's endless resources online if you're interested in how to find a film or which format but i mean uh, you know, I got everything now. You know, VCR, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray. Um, Victor actually pointed out a great blue, new region-free Blu-ray player. Oh, did you end up getting yeah, it? Yeah, I ended up getting it for 70 bucks, And it's like one of the best players I think I've ever had. It right. converts perfectly. With HDMI cables, I got some of the best pictures. I know. I've been keeping that on the download just because I've seen people ask about it, and they all want that Oppo one, and I'm like, go ahead. Blow 800 bucks. Blow blow your money. (laughs) This is the way to go. But um, did you have anything else, Adam? What, that I've seen or whatever? No. Okay, no, because I'll segue into that. Is is that I'm finally catching up. Oh, I will say before I do that, speaking of that thing. I'll probably this is probably where I'm gonna go. I have to go to DHL after this to pick up. Uh, uh, I've been buying more stuff stuff off of Amazon.ca because since you know the Canadian dollar is weaker than the U.S. dollar, they had a sale a couple weeks ago and I was able to get uh, the complete Gates of Hell Fulci trilogy uh, from Amazon.ca for under forty eight bucks Sweet. on Blu-ray. I think it was like twelve or sixteen bucks for all of them, the That's Blue awesome. Underground versions. So. If you're looking for good, because I got like the that uh, box set that was like the whole Nightmare on Elm Street, all seven movies. I think I got it for like uh, twenty bucks a while back off of there on a sale. Yeah. Um, also for those and Canada is region one, so yeah. it'll play in regular Blu-ray players. So will Japanese Blu-rays. FYI. Yeah, region three will play. It's like region one. Um, and then region two, you will have you might have playback issues because of NTC NTSC versus PAL. But um, one of the big ones, and now of course there's a lot of companies like Arrow are doing region free or all region um, stuff. But one I was gonna say is, is that just happened in the last couple of weeks is that Amazon FR Amazon France and Amazon DE, which is Amazon Deutschland. They are both now have English sites. Really, it's not even like a Google Translate old school babble fish. <laughs> it's the real 
deal. Like I, actually, I'm waiting for them to do that with Amazon.co.jp. P, yeah, the Japanese set. one is the way to go. But the biggest problem with the uh, Amazon Japan, if you've never ordered, is is that you have to use services like ZenCart for a lot because they will just will not ship to the U.S. Yeah, that's the Japanese ones. Like yeah, that. yeah. So it's something to look out. But, but um, yeah, if you're talking about that, then I'm gonna like tell you some stuff that I've been like looking up lately. Oh, please I want, go ahead. Man. I want the this is a Christmas list out for everybody that's gonna get me stuff for Christmas. Uh, I, I want the Die Hard Nagasaki building. Uh, Which is Blu-ray. out right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know all this stuff is out right now. Yeah. Uh, there is the Sideshow Collectibles Alien Egg uh, Blu-ray edition with the alien. It's really cool. It lights up. Uh, and I think there was like one other that I was looking at. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I kind of went on the, just the the other day. I was just like, oh, what else is like cool looking box sets? Like I have the uh, the Planet of the Apes one with Caesar's head, which I love that one. I've seen the um, the Predator one, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, now I think I'm kind of pursuing those are much more interesting because then it becomes like a display item. Because you have so many movies and not a lot of them you sit there and like watch all the time anyways. Yeah. But well, you can kind of point to them. You know? One that came out this week that I want to get is, uh, if you go to, it's a Best Buy exclusive, but they just put out Digibook uh, special editions of um, Leon the Professional and The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. They have like little behind the scenes stuff and they've been totally remastered up to 4K. See, I'm just really surprised that the uh, a little uh, release this week hasn't entered in the conversation from you. Oh, I'm not talking about Hellraiser. Oh, okay. I you know, I, I, I literally the... just sat there on that sc- on the Amazon screen for I think for half an hour before I finally decided uh, I wasn't going to get it. I did the same thing. I yeah. was like, I don't need it. I I was because seriously, I was just like, you know, I have the Anchor Bay one. I have like cards and they're signed by Doug Bradley and Clyde Barker. I don't even have room to display that one. Why am I going to get another one? Right. You know, and I'm, I'm like, if I was going to get one, that one would have been it. And I'm, but I, I was kind of at the point, like, because I'm not as big a Hellraiser guy as Adam, and I'm just like, it's very unlikely I'm going to sit there and watch those again, mm-hmm. aside from the versions I already have. Yeah, I think there's just some, yeah, I pretty much have everything that's already in it other than the what is it the the uh the surgeon scene which everyone's freaking out about and then that's when all the sales just started going oh sold out yeah but you know yeah i'm a whore i i bought it oh no no i need i needed it for i i think but it's kind of like evil dead army of darkness halloween friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street i've just reached a point where i accept that i own 20 copies of each i mean I see. I'm, I'm just going the different way. I'm just trying to f- buy one definitive version. Yeah, it's version. called the better way of doing things. Is when you're like, we actually I mean, save that, this money. This is the whole thing. Like, I have like four or five. Di- I have at least four or five different versions of RoboCop. I got the 4K one that came out last year, which will probably be the best, the best version that ever comes out. Make that sure you isn't. keep your criterion, no matter. No, no, what. no. I, ha- I and the, here's the thing. Like, honestly, it's kind of like. I'm sure they'll do a collectible version down the line with some kind of Mondo artwork or something because it's an MGM release. And MGM releases 
like clockwork get like last year there were like five different versions of like robocop there's a minimalist cover there was that one you know it's kind of like i don't need five different versions of that i got like another version of big trouble in little china that came out this year that was a san diego comic-con one that had low pan on the cover mm-hmm. and i could have gotten him to sign that at Monster. and then i'm like no I, i'll get him to sign something else and i'm sure down the line I'm, well, no, the Arrow one is probably the best version to get of that one. True. Right. It, but it's like, again, like MGM and Fox movies get reissued on Blu-ray over and over and over again. No, nope, I'm just going, I'm going with like sculptural ones. If yeah. I'm going to replace anything, it has to be some sort of like, you know, a Caesar head or yeah. a Nagasaki or, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I got the Halloween box that the Shout Factory did. I got the, the box set of Freddy movies. I got the Shout Factory Army of Darkness. Because that was like, I'm never going to buy another version of that movie again. And that screw, I had that screwhead version, and I'm like, I hate the cover so much. <laughs> I hate the idea of it being called a screwhead version. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And like Batman, I think this year, the 89 Batman, like Warner Brothers put out a special Jubilee edition with Diamond Edition. That's what it was. And it's like the ultimate version. I'm like, all right, fine. And I got a free Michael Keaton NECA figure with it. And I'm like, fine. Yeah, see, I mean, I anyone who doesn't know how much money and time and life i've wasted collecting but i mean it's kind of like adam said though there's something with i mean i buy a lot of stuff because i get cheap that's Mm -hmm. the biggest part i generally like i own thousands and thousands of dvds now will i watch the majority of them no but i paid 50 cents for the bulk of them each and for me it's like i've got the space right now although it is getting slimmer all the time but a big part of it for me is I do like a library aspect. Yeah. I like to be able to have a lot of choices in what I'm watching and stuff. Obviously, entertainment options are endless now. But a big part of it is I do love display. Mm-hmm. I guess it goes with the library thing. It's the museum part. Yeah. Is that I love to be able to have stuff on display. So, you know, I got into years ago. I have a ton of hard boxes. I've got a lot of limited sets. I mean, I have stuff that's like some of the Euro stuff I have is limited to like 20. And it's like, oh, how, how is this even possible? How did you only issue 20 and only 20 people bomb? And it I'm happen- one of them. Well, yeah, it happens a lot because a lot of these boutique labels. Yeah. Well, they what they do is they put it out, and then it's like, you know, a lot of times somebody, you know, it's like people who are Mondo flippers, you know. I tried to buy the Army of Darkness limited swirl variant of the new LP that Mondo put out today. I mean, it was 30 bucks. I don't own Army of Darkness on vinyl. I personally like the score. But now I'm like, I, I'm not going to pay 70 bucks, but then I don't really want it on just black vinyl. Yeah. Not to be a vinyl racist or anything, but like, come on, man, I'm paying for a variant. I'm not paying for this shit. So, um, you know, it's like, um, it's just the way it is. But, I mean, I do think that as, I mean, obviously as DVD, Blu-ray, and all these sales have slipped, I mean, people have been coming up with a lot more creative packaging. Well, so yeah, it's important, basically but, it is collectors that keep a yeah. lot of these industries going. I went to Toys R Us today, I was telling Adam, and uh, because NECA had uh, re- had issued a bunch of their 18-inch figures they did in the past couple of years as limited edition 7-inch figures, uh, if you bought a DVD with them, you know, if you bought the DVD, the figure was half off, you know? So they did a Heath Ledger Joker, Adam West Batman, and Christopher Reeve Superman. And, and what do what is the rule of thumb as far as a collector goes as 
what you should not buy. If you're going to collect something as a uh, monetary value down the road. Uh, to me, like, it just... It well, I'm, it's just, it's, I mean, not a to you thing. It's like kind of, there's like that blanket statement that everybody always makes. Never buy anything that says collectible on it or limited edition. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything. Well, well think, not unless you have the one well, through 20. Yeah, well, but, but it used to mean that, but that's the thing now is, is that everything is limited and stuff. It's like, I don't know how the hell I got dragged into the hole because this is, you know, I'm not, I really don't follow any trends or anything like that. And then it didn't follow it, but I started collecting um, pins all of a sudden, you know, enamel pins right now. Is like the ultimate right like, now. Enamel pins. pins is yeah. Everybody's doing is it. the hottest thing. But the only reason I bought them was because I was collecting Simpsons ones, and th- there are some amazing Simpsons pins out there. I've gotten so many great ones, but it's like I don't know if this. Why oh, it started like literally like a, a couple months, months ago. ago. I mean, it, like not- it, it, Leanna, it, it's like a spinoff of like the whole thing where you go to Disneyland and you get like the pin, the enamel pins right. there. Mm-hmm. So a couple of people that like do horror stuff were like, "Oh, for you pin traders, here's a, like a Michael Myers oh, one so, in the style." So and then everyone and their mom suddenly started doing it. So oh, it's 20, 2015 is now the they're the pogs of twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty every much, year there's a new. It's like how cassette tapes were it for like last year, or the year before. Yeah, I don't think cassette day twenty fifteen went that great. Yeah. But <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it's not a problem. Like pins are cool, I and mean, it's something artistic and it's fun. But it's, I mean, for me, I bought it mainly because, okay, it's, it is ALF in POG form, but it literally is something where I, uh, you know, especially the reference, like I bought horror ones as well, but a big part were mostly Simpsons pins. And I go, but they're, you know, it's, it, but the, where I'm going with this is, is that why the hell am I spending $10 on a pin? Some of these are from foreign countries. And it's because oh, it's stamped. Would you say that Mondo started the pin thing? No, the pin thing was is you know, and this is a big thing. I will say because they saying, did start doing it you know, at San Diego Conti. I'm years not ago. saying that Mondo wasn't, but you actually hit the nail on the head originally. It's the Disney thing, and it's a con thing because when I went to PAX this year, a PAX South, uh, the first um, Penny Arcade Expo. Uh, um, for those not in the know is a big gaming and you know entertainment convention in in it's mainly in my hometown of seattle pax prime is there but it's also been pax east in boston and they did the first one so my brother and i went to pax south in san antonio this year and my brother's like do you want to get a pin and i'm like oh yeah if it's like five bucks he goes, it's not five it's 50 oh. for the pin set and it's like, and he goes, it's, oh, sorry, man, it's already sold out. We were, like, in the back of the line, like, 50 people back, and it's already gone. And this is in the first 30 minutes we were on in the venue. And it's because the shirt sell, I mean, so it's not just everything. It's limit, but. Yeah, that's I, what it is. Where I really, at Mondo and stuff, a lot of people have helped with this, but what it really is, and I will say that this is, to me, I mean, it's, and it's both a great thing and it's a bad thing, but it's the future is the DIY. It's the Etsy store envy kind of stuff because so much stuff is becoming limited. It, it, everything is no, and, so yeah, limited. And seriously, that, don't think that like the big companies aren't aware of this. Oh, I, yeah. have an Etsy, I have an Etsy store where I put up a lot of our back thing. And like I got a cease and desist letter from Trankus two days ago over one of my prints on there. 
you know, because it's like, yeah, no, because we're, we're going basically they're licensing Michael Myers for like some garbage pail kid thing. And they're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, I alerted Victor uh, last, sometime last year or early this year that his one of his Michael Myers GPK prints he made, which he's always sold at his his fair rate and stuff. Um, somebody put it up on eBay and it was the only one and put rare limited edition and i'm going for what like a hundred bucks it was more than that that. it was some ludicrous amount and somebody really thought it was this rare you know but because there was probably limited info on the time or you couldn't google image search and i've seen that many times when uh and this was only maybe maybe three or four years ago where they would have people who do events much like cult classics and they would do like the posters for them and whatever there were a couple people when they had the rest of their prints left over they weren't numbered or anything they would just put them on ebay and have like you know 27 day turnover yeah cycle for the auction and that was a thing they would say like rare and they would start at like 80 dollars or 120 dollars yeah, exactly. or something like that uh-huh. as a buy it now and yeah. it it was like i i knew it was fan made but if you didn't know I mean, they look good. I mean, yeah. they look like they were nice silk screen, screen printed and all that stuff. But I, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull the trigger on something like that. Not unless it, it was something you know, like really, really beautiful, like my the Solaris one that I have is just absolutely gorgeous. But um, it, it, it just the, the fan made movie thing. You know, you think if if it's not going to be around, it's not going to be around. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh... I will quick catch up on what I watched because we're eating into our time here. But I was going to say, because I want to get into some of the uh, region-free stuff or other region stuff um, I've been watching. But I did want to quick say I did finally see Ant-Man at the Dollar Theater. Um, I have a total man crush on Paul Rudd. So mm-hmm. um, I did like him. I just don't really see it as viable. It was fun, but it just felt like a standalone. Even the tacked-on mcu ending as always or the couple stingers it just felt like okay this is stupid i was bored um i just started watching the first episode uh, speaking again of eli roth of hemlock grove the final season mm-hmm. so um i'll probably report on that as i'll i'll probably my wait make my way through the bulk of it this week and next yeah Anne's a big fan of that show. yeah it's i i enjoy it so i'll be interested to see kind of how the rest goes mm-hmm. um but I do want to talk about some old movies that I've actually been catching up on, both region, uh, other regions and, and some U.S. stateside releases. But first one is I picked up a while back at Zia. Um, I, they had a Region 2 copy, and it was like this ultra special edition of it. Um, and I'd actually never seen it. I remember seeing maybe a bit of it when I was a kid, but it's the movie Razorback. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is from the director of Highlander. It right. was actually his first big movie. Mm-hmm. He was a music video director and stuff. So it's got is some... it Russell Mulcahy? Or... Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, it's basically, yeah, just uh, um, it's uh, the, the documentary in on the, the special features. It's called Jaws on Trotters. And it's basically because it's about, it's Jaws on land with, you know, huge razorback yeah. uh, wild boars and stuff. And it's... um weird it's got like vision quests and all this stuff or what you call walkabouts aboriginal again um but real interesting like not always expecting as much as i thought it'd be straightforward um i watched uh ghost town which is an old um empire full moon picture 
um, that's, you know, like a haunted Western kind of thing. But this is when it was like the the Ghoulies Dolls reanimator era oh, okay. um, empire. But as they were kind of winding down, um, kind of boring, kind, of course. Kind of what you would expect. Kind of what you expect, but also had some fun scenes and some fun effects and that stuff. That pretty much sums up any other <laughs> Exactly. And then um, I got this as a, one of their specials. Uh, from Shout Scream Factory. The Scream Factory always has their sales. And uh, I got this one for like super cheap. I think it was 10 bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to blind buy it. And I got to say, it's probably the worst blind buy I have made in years. Um, is Supernova. Is that the one with, with um, Angela Bassett and, and the girl from uh, The Craft? Yeah, Robin Tenney. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets space raped in that movie, right? Yes, she does. That's there right. is some space rape. Trigger warning. Uh, I think that was the that, that was the year that that movie and um, Event Horizon cannibalized each other. No, no, no. Event Horizon Spirit. came out three years earlier. That's what makes it so amazing is that this film came out so many years after um, some of the great I mean, this is even after, like, Ghosts of Mars, I think. But it is it is literally one of the dullest, I swear terrible I... movies ever. No, because Event Horizon maybe was 97. Came, or what, did it came out the same year as Spear, maybe? That's, that's what I just 2000. said. Oh, no, one, no one listens to me. Sorry, oh. sir. No. no, that's okay. You two are, like, in it. Oh, no, no. Oh, Sphere, okay. actually Sphere. Came out, Sphere actually came out earlier, too. That was during the great Crichton plundering of the oh. 90s. But um, no. Mission, Mission to Mars. Let's Mission see what's, uh, I, sw- what I just remember this then. movie coming out as something yeah, really was, yeah, It was in 2000, and it, it was at, at one time on the biggest box office bombs because it was so poorly received, didn't make any money, um, and it's awful. That's all I can say. I mean, it's got a great cast uh, from all those people mentioned, but um, yeah, just awful. Probably one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. And um, but on to the best. I, I'm gonna put in my top ten, I can already tell you. Not sure what position for the year, but and because I've been talking about hyping it for so long on this podcast, the last one I'm gonna go with is Good night, Bobby. Uh, nope, I finally watched Clown. Oh. So we can continue with our Eli Roth conversation. As this is Eli Roth presents. Did that movie actually come out this year? No, it did come out this year. It came out. Um, the thing is, though, it only came out in Europe on Blu-ray, and I picked up the Zavi uh, Limited. It was like five hundred copies, and I got that. And um, I just until my Blu-ray or my region free player broke until I got the new one that Victor recommended. I hadn't had a chance to watch it, and um, you know because it's all shot and stuff. You know, there's no pal slow or speed up and stuff. And I, I, I don't even. I saw it. it's. I think it's on YouTube right now. You can watch it for free. You know, obviously from a boot <laughs> They're and just stuff. Giving it away, <laughs> huh? There's no, no, no. I mean, somebody like a oh, band, okay, like a bootleg. Okay. Um, this is honestly probably one of the best movies I've seen in I don't even know how many years. Like, I just I don't get mu- that excited about new horror movies that often. Yeah, I don't. But this one. It just hit all the right notes. It just never lets up. It's just brutal, start to finish. Like it doesn't spend a lot of time on exposition, and not in like a a, a mindless or mundane way. 
um, the story it weaves, the imagery and all that. I mean, it was definitely like the reason this film got made was because of, uh, you know, a, a cell trailer, basically, you know, that they got. But the, it just I, I, I just can't recommend it enough heroin like absolutely like couple edge of the seat moments hmm. um absolutely loved it and um yeah definitely yeah eli ross having a big year because um and this uh, the one thing i will say about this it'll be my last combo with clown was that this is the movie that should have come out instead of green inferno because if this had come out in theaters this would be a huge independent horror hit right now hmm. i mean one because there's always like the clown kind of thing and you always have those kind of people who are obsessed with it but i really think if people watch this they would just be like holy shit is this the one that the clown with a k no it's c-l-o-w-n no, i think those clown with a k's are actually comedies that could be like german comedies and draft house films puts them out yeah i don't know much about yeah. that but good point to differentiate but um yeah, it's pretty. What much... about the clown aspect? Because I'm not a big fan of just. I'm not. It's not that I'm frightened of clowns. It's just it doesn't interest me the subject matter of that. Clowns. And that's kind of what's interesting about this is it ends up working because it creates a whole. It does not its own brand thing new or... mythology, but because it pilfers from other old world mythologies. Mm -hmm. It's just everything works. The acting, all the players are great. Um it is just so sinister that's the best way i can describe it. i mean it's it's just absolutely vicious uh, and it's got lots of kids getting killed and i just love oh that. yeah you love that. that's all i can say man Murder just their children the, the children getting killed is just a you know like i said it's just a taboo and stuff and the way it's done this film is is really um you know, like I said, it just it really fits. It's integral. The story, makeup is great. Character development is great. Everything works. So I, I that's all I can say. I can't believe though. This is one of the few ones where like a lot of the sites like Bloody Disgusting them all give great reviews to all this kind of stuff. This one actually didn't get great reviews, and I'm astounded. Uh, it's got my seal of approval. Free thinking, bone chilling, kid killing. Get out. <laughs> watch it now. Uh, and um, we can we can delve into the horror with that segue. Well, we kind of did with a bunch. Of yeah, stuff. we did. We've sort of been doing it back and forth. Sorry if the signpost wasn't super obvious <laughs> for all the listeners there. Well, but, we did, but well, and then, I mean, because really, we can just keep it nice and tight. Because I mean, the way that I was even thinking of it too, I didn't want to have like a list of like, oh, what's your top five favorite? Oh yeah, yeah. Halloween movies or anything like that. I mean, what are you guys? Are you guys doing anything for Halloween? Um, uh, I think I feel like I've already done like the how like we went to Disney and then we went to the Haunted yep. Mansion, we went to Halloween. Smack See, and I, I have not been to Disneyland or Disney World when it they've had it all decorated. It it's really cool because basically the entire ride is different. Like they only keep a few things from the original Haunted Mansion, like. They have the big room with with the duelists, right? And then it, it's a thing where, like, you know. But I mean, they do the whole park, though, don't they? Like, decorate the whole. Um. Park? Y yeah, but yeah, like, there's a giant Mickey pumpkin in the middle. Mm -hmm. There's giant pumpkins shaped like the Disney characters on the gates. There's pumpkins and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's not like. Do they go like overboard, or do they just kind of? 
I mean, I almost, I can't. I don't really know if I can speak to it because it's also the 60th anniversary of Disneyland, so there's a lot of stuff celebrating that at the mm-hmm. same time. But it's not overboard. Like I think the Mickey pumpkins are really cool, and they have a lot. Of, all the souvenir stuff is. And themed. they have like some of the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, all like- the souvenir stuff. It, like um, it, when you go in and like if you buy popcorn, they have souvenir things. So if you buy like a popcorn from, you'll get like a vampire Mickey, like. Oh thing that's like this big to put your popcorn in and it's also like a you know, thing you can put on your desk right you know and then they have like if you get it from a different place it's like a dog house with like a, a glowing like a, a, a translucent glowing zero coming out of it mm-hmm. and if you buy like a drink near fan uh, where they have phantasmic or you know the big light show by the water mm-hmm. they have one that's like the uh, demon on uh, boulder from uh, fantasia so there's there's enough to experience yeah. while you're there. Okay, yeah, because we're going next year for, uh, but we're going to Florida. Yeah, next year in October. So, but the haunted mansion is definitely like worth going in Halloween. Seeing how they kind of re yeah they they theme it out totally different, you know. But it's basically like the story of the movie, and you're going through their version of Halloween Town. Like, okay. there's some really cool stuff. Like you go through the gra- they have a graveyard mm-hmm. that's all ha- covered in snow, and they have like snow angels that have like pumpkins on them and they have like the tim burton tree and everything nice. yeah that's what's a little different but well, other, than, other than that what are you doing um i don't know i guess we're just probably gonna hang out and you know we've been watching like movies and stuff obviously yeah. i've yeah i mean like uh full full uh disclosure i had never seen trick or treat until like um a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and i actually liked it a lot yeah, and pops it in now and again, especially yeah. this time of the year. You know, it, like, because I, I, I have a big issue. Sometimes I'm not a big fan of anthology movies. Sometimes they're good. Most of the time, I feel like they're not very. Sure. And that one I thought was, like, very strong. Yeah. You know. I'm I'm usually reluctant to see something that has uh, maybe an introduced of, like, a new... What's the word I'm looking for? Character. Char- just a character yeah. that's real simple, yeah, like that, you know, uh, that I can be really cynical about. It's like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, I do I do like the idea of it, how it worked. It was like a bunch of shorts with the Sam character yeah. being in all of them. You know, like the I kind of went, yeah, I kind of, but I've seen really bad ones like the, like, Chillerama, which is terrible. And then, like, um... That's what you don't want I kind of feel the Curse of the Werebear is the best. Oh my god. But I kind of feel like I wish they would still do stuff like Tales from the Crypt presents. Uh-huh. Even if like the Crypt Keeper isn't as, you know, just I feel like that to me that's like how they do the After Dark eight films to die for. Yeah. Like that would be a good way to spotlight like, you know, a lesser known movie that oh, might for sure. so they could get the uh discount rastafarian crypt keeper that was in the uh third it was never like supposed to be an official tales in the crypt film ritual mm-hmm. and yep. so they decide they're like well this film isn't going to do well so we're just going to add the crypt keeper <laughs> but they couldn't afford like the hbo crypt keeper so they just literally had this like discount spirit halloween crypt keeper with dreads wow and like a rasta hat uh-huh. and john kassir doing his best like uh, Bob Marley Crypt Keeper or something. It, it's awful, but wow. it's a terrible movie. 
But wasn't see, that one of the Project Greenlight movies? No, this is like. Oh like, no, I'm thinking of Feast. Never Feast, mind. Feast yeah. was was Project Greenlight's yeah. first film, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then they actually. Yeah, that's another one with like all the sequels and stuff, and people are like, "There were sequels," and it's like, "Yeah, there's oh, two yeah. more movies." Uh-huh. But um, see, anthology horror is my favorite subgenre of horror, probably out of everything. Well, did you did you watch that? Um, you were talking about an anthology that Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'll probably watch it here on Halloween. And trick. It used to be, of course, Halloween was my you know film I watched every Halloween. I still usually do. I did watch it because this year. Um, you know, it was you know thirty. You know, it was thirty seventh anniversary. So I watched it on the thirty seventh anniversary. It's trick or treat now is my like Halloween film. I am a huge. I have tons of Sam stuff. I have you know mass. I have the sideshow figure. I mean, I have a whole display case of just Sam. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know what it is with that film and all that, but it just really got to me. And I think it's because I love anthology horror. I grew I up- honestly think the weakest segment of that whole thing is the werewolf one because that's like the most like mainstream. Generic. But the uh, the bus literally like gets to me. It's funny how all those kids I love killing, but uh, God, I hope they don't come back. Um, they I just but I grew up on Tales from Crypt. I like even though I wasn't you know obviously like a lot of this is my folks age, but the pre code era of comics. Mm-hmm. is the greatest era to me of you know obviously of like horror comics i oh, mean yeah. it besides the 70s they i mean great. it's one of the two golden ages and it's everything i just i love ec comics i love pre-code stuff i love tales from the crypt i grew up on tales from the dark side mm-hmm. uh monsters um you know a lot of the stuff twilight zone night all the older stuff twilight zone night gallery amazing stories um I like episodic, you know, anthology stuff, and so it always works for me. Mm-hmm. But um, and I mean, I I just at this point in time, but like it was weird because I was thinking about that. It was the question I was going to pose to you is like, do you have like a Halloween tradition film or something? You know, like I mean, ever you know, like a lot of people always like you know, you can go back to like being a kid and having like the Great Pumpkin or you know something like that, um, or you know something newer. But it's real weird. The one thing I don't do, this is the only thing I don't do is that, and it's obviously in this era of like social media and stuff, is now the thing is like, I'm going to do my 31 days of horror. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a movie or two movies every night, and like we're going to compare lists. I mean, not I'm not disparaging the idea because it's cool because you can have some fun with it and stuff. Right. But like I've never had that desire, maybe because that's what the rest of the year is like for me. <laughs> but it's like... Sure. I kind of wonder, like, that's what I was thinking of you guys. It's like, what do you do? Do you do that ever? Do you watch no. anything on Halloween, like, specific? No, I don't. Uh-uh. Okay. I, I, you know, and I think over the last few years, we've been going over to my um, my sisters with our nieces and just enjoying them going door to door. So I, I don't think I've really had a tradition other than when I was, like, a little kid and you'd go out trick-or-treating. But there wasn't like, oh, I'm going to watch so-and-so movie or so-and-so show. Although, this year, you got motherfucking Ash vs. Evil Dead premiering on Saturday. So, as you were saying earlier, you, you know, hopefully we can get this the, the Backyard Theater finished. Uh, the resurrection of it. And then, it looks um, beautiful, folks. And, and then watch it, you know, outside 
on Halloween. Turn off all the lights and relax. I uh, don't know if I'm going to invite anybody over because I don't know if it's going to be finished or not, how exhausted we're going to be at that point because it's no going to be a long day. But um, we even thought about having to get together, you know, if the screen was done like we normally do. But uh, we thought everybody would be busy. And then when I've been talking to people, it's like, oh, we're just hanging out at home, going to watch some movies, maybe have a few drinks. Well, that's like why we did Army of Darkness uh, early because I assumed – one that that tool concert wouldn't sell out and i thought most of our demographic would be there yeah but like but, you said before i mean who, who gives a rat's ass what other people yeah doing, we you know? usually do something halloween weekend in terms of a cult classic that's how it's been the yeah, past and this one actually years. ended up on halloween yeah tonight, and last year i remember it was like a big thing that like um I guess it was like FearCon was kind of doing their thing opposite us, and it was kind of like, is that going to hurt attendance? But then it turned out to be way on the west side of town, mm-hmm. and then I don't think it really did. Yeah. But what did we a- show last year? Do you remember? No, I don't remember offhand. Yeah, we show we've shown so much stuff. Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe it was Nightmare. It on was Street. the yeah. Dia de los Muertos day. We did the Day of the Dead. Yeah. Thing. That was actually fun. That was great. That was one of our best. Like our our on hand Freddy was awesome. Yeah, with the green screen. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah. That was one of our first green screens, wasn't it? it was one uh, really yeah, I think it was like that the was second one. one. Our the first one successful. was like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that was true. Yeah. yeah, but it's. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I guess because I mean I haven't gone. You know, I stopped trick or treating when I was like twelve, and I knew kids who were still trick or treating like well into their teens. Oh yeah, yeah. And not because of like some developmental disability, or even just to get free candy. I think it's just because they were so rooted in the tradition or thought it was still, you know, fun. It's like I don't really dress up. That's another thing. Like I have tons of masks and props, and like you know, I could put an awesome costume together and probably win some stuff. I probably should do that, but I I just don't. Like I said, I don't. Uh, before we got into talking about this thing, it's like I'm not a big Halloween dude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I love horror, but I'm not into like going to Michaels or any of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't yeah. want to go. You know, I don't like it, it. The commercialized, safe version of Halloween. I want Samhain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I. I want like a dark thing. It's not because I believe in. It. I have no anything like that but i mean i want to believe in the mystery or the uh you know that there's something more to this night than you know whatever it is um it's definitely not something that can be bought and sold in stores easily um for whatever limited purposes and i mean that's like the more maybe esoteric or sinister ideal Mm -hmm. but even with the like thing then i said and if it's not going to be that then just let it be fun let it be for kids let it be for, but I mean, this, I, I spent a lot of time now on Instagram and I mean, there's just so many people that it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it's connected into a culture with that, that I just, I don't have a lot of respect or interest for I me. Mean, if it makes you happy, then so be it. But I just, I don't look at like Halloween or anything. Like I don't, you know, I'm not gonna like some meme or some the, some attitude like fuck Christmas or fuck Thanksgiving. It's Halloween right now, and it's like, it's just so bizarre. It's like everything has its place and purpose. Not to get to uh, birds here or something like that. It's I I go I I think it's just here for fun. I mean, and and that's what it should be. Yeah. And if you want to take it like I said, like a little bit darker or whatever, 
but I mean, I don't know. My best friend, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and a lot of people in my life, you know, I've gotten more into the, you know, Dia de los Muertos culture and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And having that perspective a little bit differently as an honorarium and as a, um, you know, this time of year of autumn of change and things like that, I guess I just look at things. It's like, um, I don't know, kind of just go, go with it and stuff. And, right. and that feels more comfortable to me than everything being all planned or being um, celebratory in a commercial way. It's oh, yeah, like, sure, no, well, I mean, the whole thing of it is it's like they want to commercialize everything. That's why on Facebook and stuff you see all these new holidays like Grandparents' Day, Siblings' Day, all that stuff. National Cheeseburger Day. Yes, you know, because they want to sell cards for everything. My brother went to, uh, I think he told me he went to the Hollywood Forever Dia de los Muertos thing last weekend. And he said it was like going to like Disneyland or something. Or mm -hmm. There were like hundreds of people there. You know, when we went to Disneyland a few weeks ago, there's that area by Adventureland. Where it has the Mexican restaurant near Big Thunder Mountain called El Zocalo. Okay. And that was like Day of the Dead area. There was, like, huge line for people doing Day of the Dead makeup. And then a week or two ago, they announced, like, all the Pixar movies for the next couple of years. And one of them oh, is a Day of the Dead-themed Pixar movie, mm -hmm. you know, just so they can brand it even more. Sure. Life. I already covered it. Yeah. Yeah. So good, it's not by the Disney, way. But it is a good movie. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and Paranorman and a lot of stuff. Like I said, there's some great movies that are coming out and stuff like it. I mean, in the end, I just feel that, uh, I, like I said, it's it's not like dressing up or decorating your house. Like I saw that one movie, a documentary a couple of years ago, The American Scream, the mm -hmm. one about haunts. That's a really good and movie to watch around Halloween, That's I would a great say. one. And I love seeing stuff like that. It, it just made me happy to see people really cared about something and did it for their own purposes. It was less, I mean, it's for other people. Like, mm -hmm. that's the express purpose. But then they were also just kind of doing it because it's what made them happy and and gave them joy. And, and I think if there was more focus on that, but I'm like, you could do that year-round generally if you want, with the exception <laughs> of, like, HOAs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I, I that's what I, I think I try and encourage more. If people go, every day is Halloween for me, I'm like, well, then live it, man. <laughs> Stop talking about, like, your well, you know, we and, But they don't want to because it Well, really that was, like, one of the things when we went to SmackDown yesterday. I remember I went last year, and there were a bunch of people in costume and stuff. And to me, I was like, this is actually the Halloween edition and there were like there was almost nobody dressed up you know i i, I you know that's one of the things i thought was funny people kept stopping me because i was in a full-on costume granted right. i went out of my way to be really authentic mm -hmm. but i was kind of expecting to like to see people as like you know as other characters and stuff like a convention or something because to me it's like you know something like that that's geeky that has characters i would think yeah. especially how big Phoenix is, that there'd be lots of people taking that opportunity. Sure. Or shouldn't stop because you're Victor Marino. No. From cult following. No, the thing that was really funny was like I was walking, we were walking to get concessions at some point, and there were so many kids like like trying to stop me that we just kind of had to keep walking, and I felt bad about it. You ruined. Yeah. Ruined their lives. 
killed their childhood. Yeah, taking on a responsibility. That's a that true was... Bray Wyatt thing to do. Yeah. To see it all work out. I was out. healing it up. Yeah. But yeah. no, actually, that would probably be like a good uh, one-two combo of movies to see. If you do movies on Halloween, would probably be like Book of Life and like Nightmare Before Christmas. I was yeah. a huge. I'm a huge Paranorman fan. I think that was one of the best ones too. I mean, there's there's so many things. But like I said, I love one. Uh, Fright Rags just did this year was a, an awesome new shirt for. Um, Garfield's Halloween Adventure, which is one of my favorites as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even the Nine Lives of Garfield, which had one of the scariest... I mean, literally scarred me for life as a child. Um, the the There was literally a special, the Nine Lives of Garfield. If you've never seen it, yeah. there's a segment in it about, like, Garfield is a lab animal. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's also one of... The, again, like, the secret in him is one of the reasons I became vegan. Like, there's some subliminal yeah. there. But the Garfield Halloween special is great. Um, you know, and I grew up well, on a great pumpkin. I grew up on all this stuff. I go, so it's like... It's not like I haven't held on to, like, my own Halloween traditions or time. Well, did you see, I just get like, more focused on creating new ones, I guess. Did you see The Simpsons, like did two halloween episodes this year that's what i've heard and it's weird because like the halloween episode was totally like how they are now where it's just too self-referential to really be funny like the first one was like what happens if bob actually killed bart and it that could have been its whole episode but it was just a little truncated basically it's like you know bob loses all direction in his life but then it, they ruin it by making, like, you know, two self-referential like, finally, my 24-year quest to kill a 10-year-old has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a thing. Well, the only thing worth seeing in that was the John Kay opening. Yeah, which was really freaky. He he did an opening before, too, that was, like, weird like that. Yeah, well, that's John Kay yeah. for you. No, and then, like, the other one, I forget what the sec- The second one was, like, Homer is Godzilla, Homerzilla, and the third one was... um chronicle it was the chronicle that movie yeah yeah, yeah. the max uh, yeah yeah max but then Lance. the actual halloween episode they had like the week before was like really good where it was all about like how they are they're haunters so they basically they do their house every year is a haunt called a uh, ever scream terrace you know and then like uh something happens and they can't do it this year and everyone's like you're gonna be a skipper i know i know you know oh yeah yeah i saw clips of it yeah so that was really funny but like the the funniest part at the beginning is like oh aren't you gonna go up into your tree house and do your usual halloween thing what do you got planned uh you know uh something with bard and you know like basically realize yeah. that it's been too long yeah yeah see treehouse of horrors is very close to my heart in fact i would say that's one of my top traditions is i always watch a lot of treehouse of horror simpsons is my favorite show of all time i mean it it's just and treehouse of horror is probably my favorite you know sub series and stuff but i mean it, some of the episodes in are my favorite episodes of all time mm-hmm. or my favorite vignettes or whatever way you want to look at it and yeah it was like all things simpsons was a lot better back in the day but i do think it's like crazy what an impact that has had and that's an anthology you know horror series as well it's meant to be in that vein yep that was their 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 hope and their you know their Uh, vision yeah for the longest time that's that's the only episode that i would watch is the treehouse yeah they were just because i was just kind of getting disenchanted with the simpsons i'm pretty sure all my favorite most of my favorite simpsons episodes are uh 
treehouse episodes like yeah. the Uder Broughton, you know. Oh, the nightmare yeah. cafeteria. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, it's literally like you can get people to say their favorite Simpsons episodes and they could probably come up pretty fast. I go say what your favorite treehouse of horror episodes are. And it's going to take some research. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. That is a classic. (laughs) I mean, there's so many guns. The shinning. I I still think, yeah, you showing the shinning before the shine was uh, one of our best pre-shows. But uh, I don't know. So hopefully you'll find a new tradition. Let us know what they are. Yeah. You know, since we've kind of gone around and back again in the Hobbit sense of the word. (sighs) You know, Uh that's... That's our horror edition of a. Uh, That's our Halloween edition. Halloween, yes. Yeah. Halloween and collectibles and whatnot. And energy and drinks. No, I'm just gonna and, I'm gonna cut everything out previous uh, and just leave in like all the little horror and Halloween yeah. references. Sounds good. It's the all bed knobs and broomsticks edition. Yes. Whatever that means. You've never seen that? No, I have. Oh, okay. I just didn't know what the reference was to me. Like, well, that's like a witch movie, right? Yeah, Escape from Witch Mountain. I don't like that one. Psychic but Children. But The Rock saved it somehow. No, I meant the original. I, a- I know what you're talking uh, about. Is there a remake, really? Yeah. With The Rock, With the rock. yeah. Wow, I've, I that totally went by my radar. Oh, God. That you was very recent? That, oh, no, like seven, eight years. That was during oh. his Tooth Fairy years. Oh, wow, like weird. All those other Gridiron Gang. It yeah, was like just, a meme that goes around with him in the looking at the, the, the girl in the back seat and then him looking back from the front. Oh, I think I've seen That's that. That's from the remake. Oh, yeah. weird. Witch Mountain, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we'll wrap it up good here and stuff. I mean, we can we probably got enough for two episodes when you cut and dissect. Oh, yeah. No, we're good. No, we're, we're good. We're still on right now, so. Yeah. Anyhow. But, yeah, thanks again for listening to Cult Following. You can always get tickets to our next event, Total Recall, on November 14th at Z Records at cultclassicsaz.com. Uh, a few of us are going to be down on, at Tucson Comic Con on November 7th talking about our favorite guilty pleasure movies. If you're down there, give us a shout. Holler, Saturday, 4 p.m., Tucson Comic Con. Info at TucsonComicCon.com, I'm assuming. Or if you're Facebook. around, I'll see you the next night. King Diamond. Yeah. Come hang out. Yeah, you know, The rest of us will be at Book of Mormon. Which will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Will any of us be at Evil Dead the Musical? I know I will. Most likely. We'll hopefully see yeah. see some of you there too. Mm-hmm. So until next time, uh, find us at cultfollowing.co. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. Leave a comment on iTunes at Cult Following. As JR would say, I make, that keeps the show free, slobber knocker. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just jibber-jabbering. Uh-huh. Jibber-jabber and, to the end now. Yeah. So, uh... Stay frisky, stay hungry, don't eat after midnight. Uh, Bye, Kirby. Finally, my 24-year crested killer 10-year-old has been accomplished.